Okay, everybody, welcome back once again to Tech Gumbo. I'm Haggai Davis II, along with Haggai Davis III, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Here on our show, we like to talk about the past, present, and future of all things technology in a topical, interesting, and digestible way. Without geek speak or a bunch of acronyms, we just want to talk about technology that's important to us and important to you. We also want to thank Cardinal Capital. To business owners and CEOs, hopefully you have a good relationship with your lender. Even if you do, sometimes you face other challenges, such as a need to consolidate debt, a want to level out your cash flow, or a desire to buy new equipment because you're in growth mode. If this describes you, give Cardinal Capital a call, whatever your need or challenge. They have over 4,000 lenders where they source commercial capital for business clients. Chris, Gary, and Rob at Cardinal Capital have a passion for business, and they want you to succeed. When you meet with Cardinal Capital, they get to know you and your business, so they can present your needs to lending institution that will best fit your unique situation. In short, they go after money for your business. They translate your business into what's important for lenders, and they are good at it. Depending upon what the deal is, no matter how complicated or straightforward, they will help maximize your profitability while setting your business up for success. They find the best solution for your situation, all while being fun and easy to deal with. For more detailed information, visit their website at cardinalcap.net. You can also call them 225-308-3700 or email them info at cardinalcap.net. So, Mr. Davis, now that you're back and we're back on track, let's do ourselves some tech gumbo for the day. Sounds wonderful. Start off like we like to with news and updates. China is proposing a 40-minute internet time limit for children. Right. So this is the the youngest group of children will receive the that 40 minute time limit. But the the limit goes all the way up to children who are ages 16 and 17. They would receive two hours every day. And that is aggressive. It feels harsh. It feels tough to enforce. And I don't even know that you would want to. I agree. Okay, I get they're trying to stop their kids from spending eight hours looking at their cell phones. They want them to be doing other things, being more well-rounded than just looking at a a five-inch screen. But if you're doing homework or if you're just communicating with grandma and grandpa, you, you get your two hours and that's it? Yeah, or if you're communicating with your friends. There are a lot of things that you can be doing online that are pro-social, that are, you know, good for your development. Yeah, sure, you can go, you know, watch YouTube and just watch dumb things, or you can go to YouTube and you can watch informative content wherever you're learning or growing. And, okay, so you have one laptop that you have the teenager signed in, but mom and dad have laptops each, and so you just go to their laptops. I, I I'm sure that that is frowned upon and that no one does that. But it again, how do you actually police that? So in China, you actually have to register with the state your mobile device, specifically with your name. And so they know how much time you're doing on your phone, person by person on the phone. But like you said, now if you start talking about are they going to put these limits on people with a laptop who are connecting at, at the house? That that just seems a little different. Yeah, this 
you know, but also I, I think back to the question of do you even want to if you're trying to build a society that will function 20 years from now, 40 years from now, you need them to understand technology. You need them to be ready for technology. One of the things that we've said on the show is that it's about building healthy limits and that self-regulation is important, that once they turn 18 and they were used to just having it turn itself off after two hours and then you're now 18 and you have to make the decision that I'm done with my cell phone for the day, I'm going to go out into the world and you don't have that skill, you've never had to practice that skill because it's been forced on you, well, do you have problems with addiction at the ages of 18 or 19 because no one ever sat there and had to make that choice for themselves. And then when you start thinking about things like all the, the gaming apps, the, the, the TikToks, that, things like that, and, and the League of Legends, those types of games, those multiplayer games that are hosted, owned by Chinese companies, now you're going to tell these Chinese companies, hey, those kids who've been playing your games for four, five, six hours at a day, they get 20 minutes now. They get 40 minutes now. That's going to go over pretty well, isn't it? Yeah. But also, you know, we can look at those games and say there are kids who are showing up at the age of 18 who very clearly have been practicing so much that it is not possible to be as good as they are only playing, uh, you know, one or two hours a day. That it just requires any skill requires more time than that to be good at, especially at the absolute highest levels. And so. The, there must be some rule bending here. But the question is, you know, how exactly have they bent it? Do people really want the answers to those questions? Who's to say? Speaking of TikTok, and they've been banned by a bunch of states around the country and the federal government, specifically on government-owned phones and tablets and devices. There's now a group that is suing the state of Texas because of their ban. Yeah, and so this Texas has the the very standard ban on all state-owned devices, uh, and TikTok is saying that this is a violation of the First Amendment rights. And so the lawsuit in Montana feels much easier to attack if you're TikTok because that was just a blanket ban on everyone inside the state, whereas this is only on state-owned devices. I still think it's ridiculous. I still think it's largely ineffective and you're just going to end up making more people mad than you are going to actually do any sort of good because you also create a lot of edge cases that there are researchers like Professor David Karp from George Washington University who is trying to study the risks of TikTok usage in Texas, but he can't because it's now banned. This really is just kind of the whole idea that a a platform that is scraping data, sure, okay, fine. So is everybody else. But because this data is going back to China, so China's going to know what type of bubblegum kids use when they're looking at TikTok. The launch codes to the nuclear weapons are not on TikTok. And people playing on TikTok are not going to get the state secrets that – that they can get by hacking into any government entity. So I just don't understand why anybody thinks this is really important other than China bad and Silicon Valley good. 
I mean, we can even draw the parallel between these two stories that we're not in favor of large blanket bans, that they're largely ineffective, that you're just going to make your populace more angry at you, and that there are much more targeted ways of doing what you're trying to do. They are harder. It is definitely more difficult to you know, help people build good technological hygiene, but that's much better in the long term. And you brought up the point about people concerned about the nuclear launch codes. If the way that hacking works is that if you know there's some specific target, you go after that person. You're not just going to throw this broad sweeping net all the way across the entire internet looking for individuals because you're never going to be able to pick them out. They would go after that person in particular with much more precise, much more targeted ways. And so, again, this TikTok ban is largely for show. And, oh, by the way, what happens if somebody has a, a private VPN to one of these VPN services that puts them, makes it look like the phone is not in Texas? Does, or if you, if you live in Montana and you get NordVPN or one of the VPNs that says, oh, look, this phone's, this, this computer's now in whatever other state or whatever other country, but now you get your TikTok. And so now that's okay because you can use a VPN. Yeah, I think that that's probably illegal, but given how easy it is and difficult to track, what you're doing is you're just teaching the next generation how to go around your security implements and that your security implements are not there with good intentions in mind. They're there solely to be brute force walls and that with just a very tiny amount of Googling and five bucks a month or 10 bucks a month, you can defeat the walls that are in place. And that's probably not the lesson that we want people to be learning. Moving along, Meta, Microsoft, and Amazon are going to team up because they want to build a map of their own because they want to beat Apple and Google out of the app, the maps that they have. This is something where I, I wish them the best of luck because Google Maps is an incredible product. And it's something that I, I had known for a very long time. But in Korea, Google Maps is specifically downgraded as a service because Korea doesn't like location data being processed off-site. So they have their own Kakao Maps, which is their version, and it's just not as good. And you know, after sitting there and using it for a month, I'm like, oh yeah, Google Maps is really powerful. It's an incredible piece of technology, and all the things that it does and all the things that it links together, and it's free. It's going to be tough for this Meta, Microsoft, Amazon trio to build something that is worth users considering. Does anybody remember MapQuest? And if not, you know why? Because Google Maps beat the crap out of it. And everybody moved away from MapQuest, which Map, MapQuest owned the 1990s. For the folks who were just getting on the Internet, MapQuest was amazing. But then Google came along and nobody, everybody started looking at Google Maps and MapQuest and went, oh, yeah, okay, 
Google Maps. Yeah, let's go. I like that. And you just never, even the TomTom Goes and the, all of the other, the, the Garmin GPS units were all okay, but they couldn't keep up with Google. And, and oh, by the way, for those of you saying, well, I prefer Waze, yeah, Google owns that too. It's just a different overlay on the same data. And also part of what killed those, those TomTom devices and those Garmin devices is smartphones. That why do I have to have a subscription service and a whole other piece of hardware whenever I just have my cell phone already and I just have the same dock basically and I put it in the same place, but it now also does all the other things. And so that's, that's also part of what killed those devices. But again, the fact that the maps on those other devices could be out of date and so you had to go back and get those updated, like the maps in your cars. They can be, you know, five years out of date, 10 years out of date, whereas Google sometimes knows stuff within the week after it's built. And so that kind of power and that kind of accuracy is going to be tough for anyone to catch up to. Does no one remember the Apple map fiasco on one of the versions of iPhones not too many years ago where Apple Maps was driving people out in the middle of fields and saying there were roads that were no roads. I mean, Apple Maps had their own device to use this on, and and it sucked. And it's gotten better, but it's still nowhere near as good as Google Maps. And so what device are you going to use the Microsoft Meta Amazon app for? I mean, when it just it just doesn't make sense to me. The the best comparison that I would say, like their best case, whenever they are envisioning this in their head, is thinking about what Google Docs is to Microsoft Word. That obviously Microsoft Word is a superior product. It's used by far more people. It it is the standard, but because Google Docs exists entirely in your browser. That's and it's it's instantly shareable. Multiple people can work on it at once. You're not actually managing a file. You just here's the link to it, and someone else clicks on it. And it opens. That does have some advantages, and so that there are use cases for it, especially amongst younger people who aren't in the business world yet. But that's the absolute best case is to get to fifteen percent, twenty percent market share, and I don't know what kind of use case that you could build on this new third-party thing wherever Google doesn't just immediately copy you. But speaking of smartphones and data usage and getting you around town, came across an article that the cell phone data is being used by downtown advocacy and city planning organizations because they want to know, hey, where are people going in, in town? And if a whole lot of cell phones showing up at one place, Maybe we should make that even better place. Yeah, this is a huge trend that's happening amongst a lot of industries right now. And you have companies who are aggregating cell phone data. And so in transportation, the big one is Streetlight. The one from this story is Placer.ai. And the idea is basically that, you know, we, we talk a lot about aggregating cell phone data. 
And so what they can do is you just overlay a grid on top of the city and then you can bin it into time windows and sit there and say, oh, look, of the residents who are in town, they're showing up at in the downtown area and they're coming from these neighborhoods and they're staying for this long. And then after at 5 p.m., they all move over here to go to this area to go hang out for a little while before they go back home. Or the visitors, whenever the visitors come in town, this is wherever they this, you know, they stay in, in the downtown area and then they go to these, this hangout area, which is different than locals. And they're not looking at, okay, your, your cell phone number is 225-555-1234. They're looking at just the first six, six digits. That's all they really care about. Where it's the area code and, and a prefix, the, the last four digits, they don't care. They don't need to know who you are. But if they know, oh, here's a as a 318, which is a North Louisiana area code in downtown Baton Rouge, or there's a whole bunch of 318s in downtown Baton Rouge. Wow, that's interesting. Maybe we should spend some more advertising in Shreveport to get more people to come down here. And yeah. and that's how they're using this kind of data. Yeah, it's very much anything wherever you can have more data is better, especially whenever you have platforms that are designed to take data and turn it into knowledge. That if it was just, oh, look, there are cell phones in downtown Baton Rouge, that doesn't really tell you a whole lot. But sitting there understanding where are they coming from, where are they going to, how long are they spending, that's whenever you can start to make sense and you can start to develop a better picture. And then you can start to plan better, allocate resources better, and design an experience that makes sense for you and makes sense for the user base. So it's it's good that they're they're using this data but they're, and they're, they're using it for good. They're not trying to scrape the data and sell it to China. They're trying to make the, the, your local community better. NASA is launching a streaming service here at the end of the year. This is pretty cool. Of course, they are contractually obligated to name their streaming service NASA Plus, because that is how we name all streaming services these days. But the goal is that they have a lot of content which already exists. You have their live content and you have their produced content and they want it all in one place. They want it free. They want it easily accessible. And so it'll be on an iOS app. It'll be on an Android app. It'll be on media players, on TVs. Yeah, this is going to be good. I mean, you're going to be able to see a lot of documentaries. You're going to be able to see live launches and as we start heading towards the moon and heading towards Mars, they'll be streaming a lot of the content on, on their channel. And it'll be fun. It will be free. You're going to see some ads. Now, we don't know what the ads are. You don't know if they're going to be selling NASA hats and NASA t-shirts or if you're just going to see regular advertising. Don't know. We'll find out when we get there. But just thought that's cool that, hey, NASA is going to put some content out there streaming. Yeah, because it's also already stuff that's made. Now we're just putting it easier into people's hands. The last story we wanted to get to, for those of you who remember the May 31st hack, the the MoveIt file transfer platform that got hacked and hit a lot of OMVs and, and universities and businesses around the country. Here in Louisiana, we, we certainly were one of them. And the OMV has put out a big letter to everybody who has a Louisiana driver's license or the LA Wallet app that says, hey, go take care of yourself and also your credit history. Yep. Go out, freeze your credit history, you know, from Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax, set up fraud alerts, do all the things to 
protect yourself so that there is a layer of security because all the data is now out there for someone to go out and start impersonating you. And so might as well make it a little bit harder for them. Because your data has been out there for quite some time. If you'd ever applied for a credit card in the past or had insurance or anything like that, yeah, your 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 information's on the dark web already. But you can help yourself. I, about a year and a half ago, put a, a, the credit freeze on my accounts with all three, uh, the, with Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. And about once every two or three months, I get a letter saying, oh, your credit card you applied for has been rejected because we couldn't get your credit scores, and I'm not applying for any new credit cards. Yeah, it's also free to lift or place a credit freeze. So this doesn't cost you anything. It might take you a little bit of extra time up front or on the back end, but the savings in terms of you're not worried about someone out there now all of a sudden has more of your data aggregated into one spot. And so this is just a, a layer of security you can place for yourself. It's easy. It's free. Highly recommend. We want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed service provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers across the southeastern United States. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through continuous innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 180 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, program designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of business schools and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business strengths. This has become a proven formula. So proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need IT services, new technology, or have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. If you enjoyed our show today, we are here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4 p.m. And the show reruns Sundays also at 4 p.m. If you missed any part of the show or you'd like to hear this or previous episodes, check out our podcast. Available on almost every podcast platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music Audible, and more. When you're there, be sure to subscribe so you get notified every time we post a new episode. If you like our show or you have any suggestions, let us know on our website at www.techgumbo.net. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.